You're listening to the Unconventional Creative Podcast, where we celebrate living life outside the lines and forging your own path to happiness. We are the dreamers, doers, and trailblazers of the world. I'm your host, Brooke Taylor, creative biz entrepreneur, world wanderer, nostalgia enthusiast, and aspiring author. And here's the show. The Unconventional Creative Podcast is back this week with another interview episode. I'm so excited to welcome today's guest to the show. She's an online entrepreneur and fellow world wanderer coming to us today from Cape Town, South Africa. Renee, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yes, I am down here enjoying the summertime in South Africa. (laughs) I am a bit jealous. Granted, I'm in Texas right now and it is like 70s, so it's pretty good, but yeah. Yeah, I know. I feel bad. Like I talked to my family back home and it's the middle of calving season. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go lay on the beach and they're getting baby calves in, in a snowstorm. <laughs> yep. Same. My husband's at home and he's doing the same thing. He'll snap me and it's like snowing and he's got cows in the barn. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. Yep. <laughs> but I don't miss it at all. <laughs> me either. Me either. Don't tell him that though. <laughs> Can you introduce your business and what you do a little bit to us? Yeah. So he said, I'm an entrepreneur. Um, I have a business it's called the wild web co and I started it like two and a half or no a year and a half ago. Yeah. Year and a half ago. And I do digital marketing and then I do Squarespace web design also. And I work primarily in agriculture and Western industries. Uh, I've kind of niched down here more recently, which has been honestly really exciting. So yeah, that's kind of the elevator pitch version of it. (laughs) Yeah, that is super exciting. When you say digital marketing, are you doing social media? What are you doing for your clients? Yeah. So a lot of it is like mostly social media based, but then, um, within that, so obviously like Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest is a huge one that I do. And then I do a lot of email marketing blog posts and then like SEO with blog posts and also, um, text marketing. Oh, cool. Text marketing is like a thing now. It never was a thing. And now it's like taking over my phone. Yeah, it definitely, I didn't really have any experience with it until a client asked if I would like help her with it. And I was like, to be completely honest, I was like, I don't have experience. And she was like, no, that's okay. She was like, I just need someone with like a little bit of a marketing mind to help me. And now I really, really enjoy it. Um, I didn't really know like I said, I didn't know anything about it. And so it's definitely been like a fun new challenge to learn, but it's very similar to email marketing. So that kind of helps too. For sure. For sure. Can you tell us a little bit about your creative journey and how you got where you are now? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, (laughs) I think that's, I don't know. I, it was probably a little bit unconventional. Uh, I really, I was creative as a young kid. I had a very active imagination And then I kind of got away from that when I was in high school. And then from the start of college, I actually majored in global studies and was pre-law going to do the whole international relations thing. And that just didn't, it wasn't enough for me. I needed more and I bounced around majors a couple more times. And then I landed with advertising and public relations. And in our college program, we got to do so many creative things. Like they exposed us to web design and development and photography, videography, graphic design. And then that was when I really realized like, okay, I was missing creativity. I was missing having that outlet. And so I really turned to it then. Uh, And then I got a job or an internship my senior year at a sports tech 
business in Lincoln. And I was working more on the technical side of things. And again, I realized that I missed the creative part of it. And then I left that and started my business. So that's kind of the abbreviated version. And I don't know, it's obviously been very great for me. And I'm just so glad that I realized that that's what I was missing. Awesome. Was there a point in your life or in college, maybe when you were like, I have to be an entrepreneur? Like, did you know at any certain time, like that was the road for you? Um, it actually kind of came more out of necessity. So March of 2020, I was a senior in college. I was working for huddle and I obviously COVID happened. I ran out of money. Sports weren't happening. So my job was like, I didn't have nearly as many hours. So I moved back home from Lincoln back to central Nebraska and with my parents. And that was like very difficult for me to accept because I was the girl who was never going back. And all of a sudden I'm in the basement working from home, finishing my degree. And I was applying to every job under the sun and obviously no one was hiring. And so it was so draining. And then I graduated in May and over the summer, I picked up a few more freelance clients and I was like, okay, man, this is really nice having this income. And I still wasn't hearing anything from jobs. COVID was obviously still a really big issue. And like, it was nonstop. And then I kind of realized I was like, okay, I'm miserable. I don't like living with my parents. I'm so annoyed that I can't get a job, but I'm getting clients pretty easily. And I'm really loving this work. So I was like, okay, if you're going to do this, you have to make it work. And in that, that fall of that year was when I quit my internship and decided like, okay, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to make this work because right now I don't feel like I have any other options. (laughs) It's awesome. How many people like when they get to that pinch point, they're like, okay, I'm doing this. Yeah. Like we just decide and that's it. And we make it work. And that's so great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was definitely a big, I just jumped in and looking back now, I'm kind of like, wow, I probably should have, there's like a million ways that I could have done it better, but I was 22. (laughs) I was like, nope, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to make this work. And my parents were like, what? Like, you're not going to get a conventional job. And I'm like, nope. (laughs) My parents still actually don't know what I do. Like oh. I love them to death. They they like support me in everything I do, but they literally be like, Brooke's just on her computer all day, every day. She's, they have no idea what I'm doing. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, my dad has no clue. My mom's a little bit better, but yeah, my dad has no idea. And that's totally fine. Oh yeah. Because then he doesn't have opinions on my business either. <laughs> yeah. You can you guys can just stay over there. Um, yep. <laughs> stay in your own lane. It's fine. It's it's like a generational thing too. So many of people in our age group, age-ish group, all do their own thing. They all have their own business. Mm -hmm. And it's such a thing now, I think. And for our parents, conventional, like nine to fivers, 401k, all of that is so like, it was like beat into them, I swear. So Mm -hmm. they just think that's the only way. Yeah. And my family ranches. And so, and like my brother's now full-time on the ranch and I don't know, he's like the fourth generation on that place. So it's just like, it was that it was laid out for him. My sister went to college and knew exactly what she's going to do. She got a nine to five. So then when I came along and I was just like, I'm going to do whatever I want. My dad was like, are you, are you serious? Are you kidding? (laughs) It's like, I've always done weird things my whole life. My parents are like, um, what, excuse me. They're always terrified, you know, but it always works out. Cross my fingers. It always works out. So Mm -hmm. just follow your own path, do your own thing. And you'll be great. Yep. Exactly. (laughs) 
So tell us about how Africa happened for you or like what led you to this part? Yes. So, uh, back to being a global studies major. Um, that's actually still one of my biggest passions is, is global studies and international relations. And my degree has an international emphasis. And then also I studied, um, international human rights and social justice in also the Middle East and Africa. So those were always things that are still, I'm just so interested in. And then I happened across this retreat down here with work wanderers. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to see what this is. And I kind of just like sent in an application, not really thinking, totally forgot about it, almost signed a lease in North South Carolina. And then all of a sudden I got this email that was like, Hey, you know, come on down to Cape town. And I was like, what? And so I went out to my parents' house and I told my mom and she was like, yeah, do it. And I just paid for it right then. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go to Africa. And then I was like sitting there and I was like, okay, this is a month long retreat. And I was like, no, I want to stay for two months. So I just got on and booked another place. And I was like, okay, I'm going to be gone for two months. And the whole goal was to be a digital nomad like a year ago, but COVID just kept like popping up and making travel issues. So it kind of got pushed back to this year, but honestly, I think this was like the perfect timing for me. Awesome. Um, how have you balanced like working and doing the fun things that you want to do while you're there? Yeah. Yeah. And I know you're, you totally get this too. Like being on the road, it's, it's hard to stay motivated and like make myself sit down and do something, especially travel days when I'm tired, like to get down here, it took so long. I felt like that knocked me out of my work routine for like a full week. And so getting back into that was a challenge. And now I think my mindset is definitely more towards like, okay, I don't want to miss out at all. So I'm going to try and get as much work as I can done in the morning and in the app, like early afternoons when everyone else is working. And then if there's something I want to go see, I'll go see it. And I'm really going to prioritize like, okay, this day's not as nice. I'm going to just work all day that might free up some other time during the week to go do touristy things or to go out with my friends or go lay out at the beach or whatever. So really understanding, like prioritizing what work has to get done and then what days I really want to have free and kind of just building my schedule around that. I totally think that's a great idea. Like not forcing yourself into hard and fast hours, like really will make a huge difference. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. And it's, Yeah. It's tough because I see people down here who are, I mean, I've met a million digital nomads now that are tied to certain countries hours. I have a friend who is tied to American hours. And I mean, she's working like 2 PM to like 10 30, 11 o'clock. And so I'm so glad that I at least have like the freedom to be able to like make that flexible schedule. Yeah. That's great. I mean, that's the dream, right? We get to make our, (laughs) make our own schedule. Yeah. (laughs) Has there been anyone in this like creative journey who has really inspired you? So like, I feel like so many people come into this and they're like, I want to have a creative career. I want to work for myself, but there's just so many options to get overwhelmed. So they tend to look, you tend to look towards someone or um, take little pieces of a business and meld it into your own kind of business. Oh yeah. So is there anyone you've looked up to at all? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it really helps both my parents are entrepreneurs and my mom is like the craftiest woman ever. And she randomly built an extremely successful Etsy business out of our garage. (laughs) Yeah. And so I kind of like saw how she did that. And I was like, okay, she found a need and she found an easy way to manufacture this good. 
and an easy way to do this. And I was like, okay, like I kind of saw that. And then I was like, okay, I see a need in the agriculture industry for specifically, I like working with women. So I was like, I see a need to work with women in the agriculture industry. So I was like, okay, I'll build off that. And then, um, also when I was in college, my senior year, I interned with Kasia LaCroix of LaCroix marketing and design. So that's how I met her. And she was somebody else like who kind of had the unconventional path. She skipped college and started her business. And I really loved how she approached her business. And that's kind of where I initially got a lot of the idea to start my own business is I saw how well she was doing it. And she just gave me so many great tips and tricks. And I learned so much from her that I was like, okay, this this can work. And so definitely between her and my mom, I was like, okay, I see this working in people around me's lives. Like I can do this too. Yeah. It's such a, what, what word am I looking for here? Like empowering moment when you realize that like other people are doing it, I can do it too. Absolutely. But I mean, and I felt the same way when you reached out and you're like, oh, I want to be a digital nomad too. And I was almost like, yes, I have been waiting for somebody else from middle of nowhere, Nebraska to be like, oh, I want to do that too, because I felt like I was crazy. (laughs) Oh no, this has been, I've been wanting to be a digital nomad for years, literally used to make spreadsheets to show my parents like that I could do it. I make Excel docs, like, oh, that's awesome. Saying (laughs) where I wanted to go and how much money I have to make to live there. Like I was trying to convince them when I was like 17 that this could work. (laughs) So like, sorry for the gray hair parents. I know I'm just a, a wreck. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So is there a project you're dying to work on or someone in your niche who you're just like dying to work with? Um, I don't know if like necessarily in my niche, I have like phenomenal clients and I love them all dearly. And so part of me is like, kind of gets sad. Like, I'm like, I don't really want to work with anyone else. Like I just love working with who I have. So great, dude. Yeah. I'm so blessed with awesome clients. Um, but honestly, my next big project is, uh, my sister and I also have a business together and I am doing a full brand redesign and I don't really do graphic design much anymore. So this is going to take up a ton of my time, but I know it's going to be a really good challenge. And then, um, once that redesign is finished, I'm actually going to be the one who designs our cookbook. So we have like a cookbook food blog. And so I'm going to be designing that. So my next big project is I have it all sketched and wireframed out is like going into InDesign and like, like adding in a lot of that and just like trying not to get too overwhelmed with the whole process, (laughs) but I think it'll be, it'll be a really good challenge for sure. Awesome. We are like here at the unconventional creative podcast, super into multi-passionate people. So tell us more about your other business. Yes. So let's see. Um, exactly a year ago, uh, my sister and I had been talking for a long time about doing this cookbook and having a food blog. She's a phenomenal cook and she was working a rather intense job, um, at a hospital. She is a rad tech and she was working in the COVID unit and all of that. And I think she really needed a creative outlet also. Um, And so we really wanted to showcase, it's called Columbia Table Kitchen. We really wanted to showcase like the good home cooked meals that we were raised on. So the meals from brandings and weaning and harvest meals and all of that kind of stuff. We wanted to showcase that and showcase like the ranch wives and the farm wives that are behind these meals. So that's kind of like our whole 
like what we're built around. And so we started with an Instagram and I built us a website and a blog and with the goal of making this podcast or with making this cookbook. So we've kind of been sharing the whole journey of what it's like to publish a cookbook and kind of just the ins and outs of starting a food blog, learning food photography, all of those things. And through that, we have both absolutely fallen in love with it. Our goal is to have it be big enough where my sister works for it full time. Like that's what we're shooting for. And she has like absolutely fallen in love with it in terms of like, she's obsessed with marketing. Now she's obsessed with food photography. She bought herself a a nice camera to like do all the food photography and she's so good at it. And so it's been so fun for both of us to find something else that we love and like this new passion for food blogging and hopefully getting a cookbook published this year. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. Good luck. Um, it's so nice that you have your sister to work with you Mm -hmm. on that. How do you find other people to connect with in the creative space? Like that can be one of the hardest things I think. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. And I'm somebody, I don't like to follow a lot of people on Instagram at all. And so I'm pretty selective on who I really want to follow because I want to get the most out of social media. And so when I come across another creative on social media, I'll follow them for like a week. I'll watch their stories. I'll really take in their content and I will really judge if that account is bringing me value. And that sounds really harsh, but I'd rather have a few accounts that are just giving me a lot of value that I'm really inspired by. And I love how they run their business. And, you know, I'm like, oh, I could definitely see myself connecting with this person than having a ton that I don't really have any investment in. And so I definitely kind of will do a little deep dive on them and just make sure that I'm really like vibing with their content. And nine times out of 10, I will end up like either that person will follow me back or I'll reach out or something. And then it's like, oh my gosh, I've already made this new friend because I already knew ahead of time that I liked their content and that I would mesh well with them, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. That's kind of how I'm just pretty selective with like who I follow, I guess, is how a lot of my community has started. You're kind of like vetting them mm-hmm. prior, prior to like connecting. Uh, yeah. I know that sounds harsh, but <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, whatever works for you. I think some people get so like drowned in what everyone else is doing. Sometimes it gets, it gets hard mm-hmm. to focus on like what you're doing when like you're being inundated with all of this. Yeah. Chaos. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's like one of the biggest things is like, you always hear to put out your own content before you ever look at somebody else's. I think that is so important. Like if I'm trying to think of an idea or like for a brand or something, I'm going to write down everything that's on top of my head first, before I ever look at any other inspiration. Cause I always like, will end up being like, Oh, I don't really like my idea anymore. But then at the end, I'll always go back to that or, you know, it'll always have some piece of that idea. I'm like, why did I abandon that? You know? Yeah. Like when I start a brand design, I don't get on the internet. Like I close the computer and do all pencil and paper because my brain can do it. It just has to, like, I feel like a lot of times we will just revert to looking at other ideas because it's easier to just like feed off of that. But your own brain is its own magic. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. And that's, I mean, I love Pinterest a lot. I think it's a phenomenal tool, but sometimes it can, I can get in my own way with Pinterest. Agreed. If you're not using it in the like right way. Yeah. It definitely gets difficult. Yeah. Perfect. Um, do you want to share a bucket list or bucket list goal with you? (laughs) It could be like non-business or business related. 
Okay. Um, let's see here. I'm sure I have it done, but you have like that notebook stashed <gasps> over here with everything wrote down. That's what I do. Oh my gosh. I know. I always have like sticky notes of like random <laughs> ideas that I have. I would say my biggest, one of my biggest bucket list things is like, I want to have my, build my business enough to where I can step back a little bit from it. And then I would love to own land. I want to own land. I want to own an investment property. Like I, I love that. And I think that's just like one of the most ultimate investments you can make. And I absolutely geek out over personal finance. So that's also probably why. Oh, but, I wish um, I was more into personal finance, but I really want to do like get an old, huge house and convert it into oh, like yes. a writing retreat or digital nomad retreat, but like in this ancient, beautiful house, library, yes. all of that, that is such a bucket list thing for me, but it's so overwhelming when you go to look at that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. And that's like, I don't know, but there's something about the idea of like owning property to me that I just love. <laughs> and my sister and I would love to build a building one day. That's like our office and like has a creative studio. And we have so many photographers in our area and no studios. And I'm like, we need to put a studio in there and an industrial kitchen and like all this. Stuff. Oh, that would be such a good, like multi-use building though that would be amazing what we're thinking I don't know (laughs) this is gonna be like 10-15 years down the road I'm sure but hey let's say five let's get it on the move yeah yeah we'll say five (laughs) what is the best piece of advice or a snippet of wisdom you've ever gotten from someone um oh my gosh there's probably a lot okay this is the one that sticks in my head the most um And it kind of has to do with coming from a small town, but it's like, don't let someone else's closed mind change you, change you. Uh, And I think that kind of came into play a lot with me in the past two years. Um, I'm an incredibly open-minded person and I come from an area that is not, and you totally get it. (laughs) I know, you know, (laughs) I know Um, I moved into a town of 400 people, 500 ish people. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like, same, you know, my hometown's 150. The town I went to school in was maybe 500. Yeah. And being around those closed-minded people who love to give their opinion can be so tough. And it's so hard not to let that just sink in constantly. And so I really, when I heard that quote, I was like, oh my gosh, that's literally exactly what I needed. And especially when it came to coming to Africa, um, I heard everything under the sun. 50% of the people were happy for me. 50% of the people had horrible things to say. Thought you were going to die. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Literally. And I know Cape Town's not the safest place in the world. I understand that, but like bad things can happen to me in central Nebraska also. Yeah. (laughs) Go to any city in the U S you are, you are as in danger there. I promise. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm just kind of live that Like, I just let all that roll off my back now, you know, and not letting those people who didn't take the opportunity to go see anything or learn anything new. I'm not letting those people affect how I live my life. That's great advice. Everyone write that down right now. (laughs) What is next for you? Small town girls out there who are literally anyone from a small town who's any woman. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. And I just even like when I started my business and started telling people that, you know, I'm just going to work for myself. So many people were so happy for me and, you know, they're so excited, but then the other half, the first thing that comes out of their mouth is, well, what about benefits? What about this? 
what about that? And I'm like, trust me, I've thought about it. <laughs> I think about it all the time. I look exactly. for jobs on Indeed every other day. <laughs> oh my gosh. And we're still here. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not going to let somebody who doesn't understand my job and thinks I'm crazy change the way I live my life. <laughs> yes. And if you look up to successful entrepreneurs in our space, they are planning for the future. They're exactly. investing in things yes. just because you don't have a company doing it for you. doesn't mean like you can't do it yourself. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know why, but that is so difficult for some people to understand. That's the only reason for living is a benefits package. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, wait, you're, you're working for like 40 some years for a retirement package. Like that's all you're working for is a retirement package. I'm like, no, I just don't. The thought of working for a job and not having a job that enables my lifestyle that I don't think I can do it. <laughs> it gives me hives, gives me hives. Yep. <laughs> I, when I think about that, going into a job, I loathe, like I can't, when I worked in a factory at one point in my life, um, mm -hmm. right after college, I think, yeah, right after college, I worked in a paper factory where oh. the like papers come off the machine. I would catch the papers and then have to like stack the papers and put them oh. in boxes all day. Right. That sounds terrible. <laughs> oh my God. Mind numbing work. I was I was driving to work one day and I was like, if I run into this pole, I don't have to go in there. <laughs> Gosh. It got to that point. And I, that was like, I think that was the day where I was like, I will never do this again. Yeah. I will never work for someone again. I can't do this. Mm -hmm. And there are some people who can and more power yes. to you. If you exactly. can clock in, do the eight to five thing, whatever for someone else, good for you. But I am not that person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I definitely think now that I'm have had my business, I, and I've said this on Instagram, like sometimes the life of an entrepreneur or like having your own business is so glamorized, especially on Instagram. It is like the most glamorized thing. And I'm like, there is absolutely nothing wrong. And I can't sit here and say that I don't crave stability sometimes that I don't crave a paycheck every two weeks deposited in my bank. And I don't want that in that. I don't look for that or like, oh, okay, it's five o'clock. I can go home and not think about work anymore. That never happens. Have, exactly. Cause I'm the person who thinks about work 24 seven. And so sometimes I like see that on Instagram and I'm like, man, I wish I could just tell some of these people, like, it's not like, it's, it's phenomenal. I love it, but it's not that great. Like yes, it is the best thing I've ever done, but also the hardest thing. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what is next for you and wild web go? Um, oh my gosh. Next big things. Um, I have to be back in the U S for a couple months and then I'm really hoping to take off next August and maybe do a couple months in Europe. Actually, I'll probably do South America first. I want to go down there. Chile, so Patagonia. Let's yes. go. Yes. Let's yes, yes. Go. I want to go to so bad. Oh, that, me I've too. I want to places, places in Lima, Peru. Mm -hmm. I want to do Colombia. <laughs> like, let's just live on the that, oh, that hemisphere for a while. Yes. I want that so bad. So that's kind of my next big thing is, is training, like planning for like a big, like longer trip. Um, and then as far as like the wild web co, I, like I said, I, I niche down. And so I really want to dive into what can I specifically do for my niche or what do I bring to that niche that makes me stand out? And like, how can I help that niche? 
And I think, I mean, you work in, in the agriculture space as well. There's so, it's so behind compared to like, you know, other industries like fashion and tech and all of those it's, it's behind. So we have such an opportunity where we're at right now. And so I'm really trying to like capitalize on that and understand what that niche needs and like what the industries needs and like how I can do that. So my next big thing is really like diving into that and understanding like how I can bring more value to that space, I guess. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. That's going to be awesome. <laughs> I can't wait to see where you go and oh, how you. you help those people because that's yeah. you're going to be great. Oh, thank you. It's just shocking. I can't believe I work in ag. I swore up and down for 15, for 18 years that I never, ever, ever, ever was going to do it. And it, that came to bite me in the ass. And now I love it. So. You're doing it in your own way though. Like yeah. it is definitely not in the conventional way that you would have <laughs> expected to work in ag. No. And I definitely am someone who just thrives on doing things her own way. So I guess that makes sense. Same. It's my, it's my like endorphins. Mm-hmm. How I, it's how I get happy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Where can listeners connect with you online? So I'm on Instagram at Renee.TheWildWebCo. And then my website is just TheWildWebCo.com. Perfect. Well, it was so great chatting with you today. Yes, you too. Thanks so much for having me on. Yes, I will see you guys next time. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review if you're loving these episodes. Your reviews help more people find the unconventional creative and build our community. Until next time, creatives, keep living outside the lines.